0: to bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey there, family. Thanks for coming back. Welcome to the Here and Now in part one of another amazing episode with the man Jason Gore. Uh, Before I go into it, I just want to thank everybody who's been leaving uh, podcast reviews because that's really helping. So this one is from Gabe Mason, and he says, uh, Just discovered this podcast and really enjoying it. Amazing guests, and Matt Belair is a great host who knows how to listen. If you're interested in the alternative story of our planet and the human species, the idea of divine cosmos and spiritual ascension, search no more. You found a great one here. So thanks so much, Gabe, and I appreciate all you guys taking the time to uh, leave a review because I know it's a pain in the butt and uh, really grateful for that. So in this episode with Jason, who I met at Burning Man, I watched his talk. He's a very fascinating character, very experienced guy. He has consulted and worked with NASA, Fortune 500 companies, uh, the military, And everything around leadership. And so now he works with startups and entrepreneurs and helps them build leadership culture. So this episode is very much uh, an excerpt in leadership. And so there couldn't be a more experienced guy to share that. So we talk about a simple listening technique that will automatically make you a powerful communicator. I had learned this technique from someone else who will be Coming on the podcast, his name's Julian from uh, Brain Training Pro, a friend of mine, and I used it, and it is magical. It's so simple, and it's pure magic. Uh, he talks about what he learned with working with some of the most powerful companies on the planet, like NASA. Very exciting. Um, he talk, he talks about why it's important to address challenging situations and conversations, the seven core principles of effective and powerful leadership, and he goes through one uh, each one in detail and has stories and things like that. So really great information if you're in a leadership role or you want to start to adopt some of these principles into your life. Uh, we talk about the four keys to effective debate and elements of conducting a quality meeting and overall why leadership is important and how it affects all areas of your life. So you're going to love this episode. This is part one. Very informative, very practical. Jason, awesome guy. Um, and so yeah so what else what else do i got to say today i think it's just if you want to support the podcast uh, leaving a review sharing this episode or any other one to your friends uh check it out mattbelair.com forward slash store seeing the cool stuff in there like resonance academy sync tuition uh you can get three free tracks that are incredible use them to meditate with all the time and uh you know obviously just using a binaural beat i'm going to use all the technology i can go deeper and i kind of go into a state that's between lucid dreaming and deep meditation using the binaural beats with my meditation so really interesting stuff there so that's on uh that's on the at the store as well and some really cool guests and some more cool stuff coming down the pipe uh if you want to learn how to lucid dream just go to matt forward slash lucid dreaming and got an ebook and a guide to meditation i've had a couple people say oh my god It works so fast i was like yeah i know it's like i wasn't wasn't lying you just got to do techniques so a lot of this stuff is really simple i don't see it as mystical i know it can be a little bit of a you know mind bender you just got to explore the techniques and that's kind of what i've done my whole life is just enjoyed exploring the techniques Uh, many of them worked and some of them didn't and some techniques work for some and not for others so i just like to explore to see if i get the result and uh so the lucid dreaming, you'll definitely get lucid dreaming, a high percentage anyways. And that's it. So just thank you so much for coming along. Um I know the holidays are coming and just want to send you love and gratitude and go through, you know, the season with peace and love. And I know it can be stressful and just wanna send uh support to you and your family and, and anything that you're doing. And just uh, appreciate your year and appreciate who you are and, you know, try to be mindful of your vibration and your thoughts. If you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, just take a few deep breaths. And so, you know, we're going to launch into that now, wherever you are. And I have to say uh, thanks to my friend, Kim Vanette, who who I love and is amazing. She's a very amazing individual and just incredible skier. And she listens to the podcast, too. She kind of reached out and says, hey, I listen to your podcast, too. Um, and a few other friends have actually said, Hey, I listen to your podcast too. So it was nice to uh, hear that. Cause sometimes I don't know. So thanks to all my friends that, uh, that do support, leave a comment. Let me know you're listening guys. Jeez. How am I supposed to know if you don't tell me? But I guess a few more friends were listening than I thought. So love you guys and new friends and family that listen. You know, if you listen to this, uh, obviously we're connected and just sending you my love and appreciation and maybe one day we'll be able to hug it out in real life at a festival or in Canada or whoever, I'm all over the world, so who freaking knows. Um, So I'm definitely rambling now. So let's get into the meditation because we control our own realities. We control our own emotional state. So right now we're going to practice coming into coherence. And all you're going to do, wherever you are, is just stop. Set the intention to come into coherence and peace. And take in a deep breath in through your nose, nice and slow and deep. And just imagine powerful source energy coming in and filling your lungs and every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. Just see your body as this light being, just pulling in this prana and energy that's all around you. And just see yourself fill up with light just let that breath out nice and slowly calming your breathing now taking another deep breath in through your nose slowly pulling in that energy imagine powerful light coming in and just imagine powerful energetic light coming down from the universe hitting the top of your head and just pulsing like a beam through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being as you continue to just slowly and consciously breathe And just imagine Mother Earth sending up energy through your feet and just having these two energies intertwine in the center of your heart and just see a torus field around you, a tube torus around you. And just see this energy field vibrating that's coming out from the center of your heart, emanating from the center of your being, this powerful connection, connecting you with the divine spirit, connecting you with the earth, grounding you in Mother Earth and all her beings, Knowing you're a part of all of this, never separate from anything. Knowing that you are a multidimensional, eternal, divine being. Connecting to this source frequency. And now in this space, I just want you to imagine just one thing, one person that you're really grateful for. Just, Just one thing and just focus on the intention of love and gratitude have that one thing in your mind and make it big and bright and clear and I want you to just focus on that feeling of gratitude and just smile on your face if you need to and as this feeling grows I want you to double that feeling of gratitude now and now double it again and just see that feeling hit the energetic field around you and now you're just vibrating love and gratitude one of the highest vibrations just through thought and imagination and as this Vibration magnifies more and more I want you to just send it to that person or that thing and I want you to send it to your family I want you to send it to your friends I want you to send it to everybody you saw today just sending them that energetic force and as you send that energy out to them I want you to expand your energy field to your building that you're in to your space just out a 100 feet now expand it to your city and your community and just see you resonate from the center of your eternal heart. Now send it out to your country. And now to the entire planet. Just see this energy just sending love and gratitude to the entire planet. Now send it out to the cosmos, knowing that you are an intergalactic cosmic being connected to all of the entire universe. And you are expanding your consciousness. You're expanding your awareness and way of life. You're expanding And just sending out love to everyone and everything it touches, knowing you are a part of everyone and everything. And as you send it out, just see that energy come back and just send yourself love and appreciation. Just say, I love and appreciate myself. Just feel that energy come in. And I'm sending you my love and appreciation just for being here. You are enough. You're perfect as you are. You are perfect with every mistake that you've made all is forgiven this is a learning process and just take responsibility and move forward with loving intentions and kindness and being authentic to who you are so i send you energy of love and support and gratitude there is community around you we are all over if you don't see anyone then you're it the beacon of light love kindness and compassion and it is that simple that is all So thank you for coming on another episode, and let's get into it with part one, the man, Jason Gore. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I am your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a managing partner at Newberg Gore & Associates where he coaches CEOs and leaders of high growth startups. He focuses on helping leaders improve their leadership capabilities, build their teams and create effective company cultures. For over 20 years, he has led leadership programs in 80 cities across 15 countries for the Fortune 500, the military, NASA, Burning Man to name a few. Startup clients include Teespring, Ernest, uh, Creative Market, Orbital, Insight, Bus.com, and many more. Previously, he worked with leaders at Disney, Starbucks, NASA, Honda, and others. He brings a unique combination of backgrounds in business, leadership, and psychology. He has taught organizational psychology at Sophia University and negotiations at Harvard Law School as a TA. Welcome to the show, Jason Gore. That Thank brother? you, Matthew. Good to see you. Oh, man. Yeah, good to see you too, man. Um, you know, a little background. We were, we were chatting before that uh, I was luckily enough to catch part of your talk at Burning Man. And um, you were at the end of a panel and then you had your own thing. But I remember having to come back in to make sure that I signed up for the email to stay connected. Mm. Um, and then I got to dive in a little bit uh, more of your work and we connected again. And then you send me your bio and, and the complete picture, and it was, I was really blown away. I had to shorten a lot of that. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing, brother. Do you want to give everybody just a little bit of background on, on some, of, some of the work that you've done and, and how you got to where you are today?
1: Sure. Uh, happy to feel, uh, share a few stories. But let me just first say why, like why I'm here, what I really care about. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic right now of kind of the human race and, and the, the way that we're organizing our reality. And what I see is that there's a lot of people that care deeply, but don't know how to lead other people to make good stuff happen. And so, you know, the reason I'm on your show is the reason why I'm trying to give as much of this information away as, as I can is because we need good leaders in this world. And especially when things get harder, and I'm guessing that they will, that that leadership is going to become quintessential for our success individually, as families, as communities, and as a larger society. Um, Honestly, like, if we could just get to the place where we we could guarantee fresh water, drinking water for the future generations, that would make me happy. Uh, So a bit about my background. Um, I think I, I should go back to my childhood for a second. So my mother had a tumor in the Broca's area, the part of her brain that produces speech. And so I got very sick of, you know, waiting for her to write notes so that we could talk. She could hear, you know, she could understand perfectly. She simply could not come up with the words to express herself, so she would end up writing um, because that part of her brain was intact. What I didn't know is that that was essentially teaching me how to read body language, that, I would start to guess what she wanted to say because I got impatient of waiting for her to write it down and I would get immediate feedback through pupil dilation, through her facial muscles. I didn't know that was happening, but it, it taught me how to guess like what, what she was thinking. Now it turns out that that's actually a huge part of what leaders miss. They're so busy kind of getting and inspiring people on their vision that they don't often create a dialogue. So I studied persuasion in college. Uh, because I really wanted to learn, like, what was I doing that other people couldn't seem to do so well? And I got very lucky, went went to UPenn, and ended up getting hired as more or less a psychologist in a large consulting firm. And I was put in the military and defense business unit, and so immediately got exposure to the Air Force and the Army, to power plants. And what I saw was kind of amazing. I remember I um, was assigned to this one power plant. There's actually seven power plants that were part of a consortium. And I was working with an ex-nuclear submarine captain who knew everything about nuclear power plants because that was his forte, and I was coming in as a psychologist. And um, day one of the job, we were supposed to interview a whole bunch of people back-to-back, and he got sick that day. So I called my boss up and said, hey, I assume we're going to cancel the meetings today, right? And he's like, no. They're really hard to arrange. Like you have security clearance. No one else can join you. So you got to do these alone. And I'm like, I know nothing. I don't know anything about a nuclear power plant, for God's sakes. Like, what am I supposed to do? He said, well, first of all, don't pretend like you know anything. You don't. You're just going to make it fool yourself. So, you know, they say big words, like, just admit that you don't know that stuff. And then just ask really high level questions like, what's having you lose sleep at night? What are the things that you see could be improved? Um, what's what's going on there that's not working? And paraphrase back what you hear, right? Just try to summarize in everyday language what you're hearing and just take notes. That's all you could do. And you know, you do the best you can and that's all we can, we can hope for. So I go in and you know, the first person I meet with, Um, He's kind of a 40-year-old kind of chubby guy with glasses and kind of what you'd expect in some ways. Um, And I open up with, what's having you lose sleep at night? And he summarizes back to me all the things, and I'm specifically working at the inventory practices of of spare parts for these nuclear power plants. And he, he kind of shares all the things that are going on. I paraphrase back to him, and he's like, yeah, you know, but really what the issue is, is that my manager's not listening to these ideas. And I know the higher-ups would care, but they, they're not even getting the message across. And so I paraphrased that back. And he just keeps on going until he kind of summarizes it in such a tight package of this is the number one thing, that if we change this, the, this power plant would be performing so much better. Um, so second person, kind of same thing. What's having you lose sleep at night? And paraphrase back. And pretty soon he sa- says you know, I shouldn't be telling you this because you don't have the right clearance, but, and he starts telling me all these other things. And I paraphrase that back. And the thing that really caught me at the end of the second interview was he asks, wow, you seem to know a lot about power plants. How do you know all this? And it kind of cut me off guard because I was like, wow, I know nothing. But simply by asking these questions, listening and paraphrasing, I was building trust. And what I saw is I was helping them create value. Like in honing and synthesizing their own ideas into really kind of what are their next steps. So anyway, I package up these interviews, and I present it to to the board of the the power plants, and they think that these ideas are absolutely brilliant. And I'm in this question of like, whoa, okay, I'm a 21-year-old kid. I just came in, know nothing about nuclear power plants, ask a bunch of questions of, of their engineers and inventory parts managers, I package up those ideas, present it to senior management, and they think it's brilliant. Why the heck do they need me? Like, what's going on there? Um, And you know what I learned very early on is, you know, paraphrasing one, but two, that communication doesn't happen, especially communication up. And there's a lot of brilliant ideas out there, but the right people aren't hearing them. And so if we could just do that in our organizations, I think there's gonna be a lot more value that gets created. Um, So that's one story. I could keep on going. But, you know, that led to other projects and other projects. And what I could tell you is, you know, after working for one company that had 60,000 employees and working directly with the senior management, what I saw was there weren't a lot of good listeners up at at the leadership level. There weren't a lot of good communicators, a lot of good decision makers that could manage a group process. So I went back on my MBA to figure out why not. Like, why are all these bullies getting to the top? And what I learned was essentially – the communication issues are not a business problem. They're not a leadership at the top problem. It's actually a human problem. When we look at where we learn to communicate, mostly most of us learn how to communicate in dysfunctional families. If the loudest person wins, that's our style. You know, And whatever those styles, if the family is conflict-diverse, we're going to bring that conflict-diversion into the business world. Uh, and, you know... Families are our are families, and some are, are more violent than others. Those impact us, and those impact our communication styles. Um, and so, my job now is mostly helping people communicate in a way that produces the best results. And that's really what leadership in my book is. Yes, inspire with a clear vision, but then really communicate a lot so that the team can execute on that vision and change courses very frequently and constantly to make the vision happen.
0: Interesting. Um, you know, the first thing that comes up for me was, was that feedback that you were giving. I have a friend of mine, Julian, who's going to come on the podcast and he's founded uh brain training pro and his wow. story is fascinating because he lost his memory and, uh, he had to work with the top in neuroscience, artificial intelligence, everything just to get his memory back. And wow. when he got it, when he got it back, I kind of call him Spock because he's smart but it's like a different thing, you know what i mean? And it's he's kind of got right and left and he gave me that exact exercise and he said, "Okay, when you're communicating with a client or or any human, when when they talk to you, summarize what you heard so you understand it and then and then ha- and then just just give it back to them." And what happens And I invite everybody on the podcast, everybody who hears this, to try this. It's very fascinating because you're like, okay, just just so I understand – you know, you did leadership for Fortune 500 companies, Um, you tried this exercise, you had great results, and then you went to go get your MBA, and then you stop. And then they'll add clarity on whatever they had said, and they'll go deeper. And what you're helping them do is refine their own process, and really give them clarity. So it's a, it's really powerful. And the thing that you're speaking on in the leadership role is that they're really going to feel heard, and they're going to feel valued. Um, I remember reading the book, the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari uh, 7. I think he was talking about leadership as well. Um, remember yeah. the author? You know what I'm talking about? I don't. I don't know the book. I oh, heard of it. F- but yeah. I don't know it. Yeah, it's really good. And and he said the, the number one motivator is having people feel appreciated, not money, not yeah. anything else, and if you can go in. So for you in and, and learning this stuff, what I'm curious about is – You know, do you feel that if you can go into powerful companies, uh, big companies that have a lot of influence, really help them learn how to communicate effectively as a whole, then that company can do more good on a mass scale? Or are you more passionate at this time about sharing these principles, which I'd love for you to get into, uh, with the masses, so then they can improve their lives? Or do you feel it's it's one and the same?
1: You know, I I would say it's both and. You know, inside of given companies. I honestly think that two things are important: leadership skills and ethics. And you know, I don't teach ethics, I, and I hope that that arises naturally. But I mostly have chosen working with young leaders, mostly you know, kind of the Forbes 30 under 30 type of leaders, because what I see is that these younger millennials are bringing ethics in a way that I haven't seen in the larger corporations. Um, that they really care. They're passionate about their people. They're passionate about the culture. They're passionate about the product that they're bringing into the world. And what's also really interesting to me is that these young guys, right, and girls are going to be successful or not, but they're going to start another one. And so the more skills I could give them, the more they can model those skills for other people. And when they do have wealth at their disposal, I know that they're going to use it wisely and use it for the good of the planet. Um, So there's that piece of it, but also, you know, there's so many passion projects out there, so many people wanting to do good and and be part of other teams that are doing good. And, you know, I've seen a lot of executive directors and nonprofits that are totally inspired, but don't have the leadership skills to either use the donations effectively or to motivate their team and work with their team to produce the best result. And so whether it's a corporation, a nonprofit or an individual or a community, like if we could just be better at leading, more good stuff can happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, well, it's interesting because I'm looking through, you have a number of topics and you've you've literally worked at the top. So I'm over here trying to figure out, um, you know, what the best question I could ask a person like you, you know, you work for NASA, the military, huge companies. Um, Okay, so for a young leader, um, what are some of these principles? What, you know, I I know you do a whole thing on it, but maybe you could talk a little bit about each principle um, and how we could apply it in in whatever way you want to share that.
1: Sure. You know, I think that the biggest lesson learned before I get into the what I would call the the seven core leadership principles um, or practices is a learning mindset, right? Is can we go in as a learner? And that's really where innovation is going to arise. That's really where team connection is going to arise. And learning not only about the thing that we're producing, but learning about how to lead. And can we open up our own kimono to accept that there's going to be domains that we're not as competent? and that we have some blind spots. Can we learn about those blind spots about ourselves and be a learner? Because what that also provides is for our our team members, our direct reports, um, if it's in a company structure, like we, we want them to learn. We want them to take our feedback to them about their communication skills, right? And so if we do it first, it also creates a space where we're all growing together. And so the more we can learn together as a team, about how to communicate, how to work together, how something I did had a negative impact on you and what I could do differently in the future, um, the more that the whole team is going to develop and and become great together. And then as they grow, have a culture that's going to continue to expand. You know, as an outside guy, you know, consultant, coach, there's only so much I could do. It's the inside folks that build the culture and how they communicate with each other, how they lead meetings, how they clean up the issues and how they talk to each other when good stuff happens and bad stuff happens. That's what creates the culture of these teams. Um, and so it's that communication that's really important and that uh, willingness to learn and willingness to step into those uncomfortable conversations to learn and kind of bring your best.
0: Amazing, brother. Yeah, well, I, I had that written down for a future question because you know we're definitely going to get into it. Um, I think that what you're speaking on is is a... A, a culture and a common understanding of how that works in in, in the spiritual game or the consciousness game. that might say, you know, working on your shadow, and that would yeah. be just getting negative feedback, you know. Totally. And if we can, and if we can embody the um, the four agreements from Don Miguel Ruiz and not take uh-huh. it personally. Um, the challenge that I'm sure you're working with in the companies is people do take it personally. Um, they become attached to their role in the company, and if you're sh- sharing something that you know they're ad- essentially identifying with the role, so it could be you know Matt, you're the coach or the marketer, and then you didn't do this job, and so then as I identified to being the marketer, I can't hear the feedback where it yeah. just seems like you, you're 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 creating a common set of agreements that if everybody can see them and agree upon them in some way you can create a very cohesive structure exactly um, so i think that's i think i think that's wonderful you can either launch into some of those core principles uh, or talk about some of the uncomfortable stuff because you know probably. for me that's something that i'm good at but i don't like it people you know yeah. will will comment on it but you know when i see something in the consciousness space or whatever the space that i'm in i naturally just say it um yeah. and then just i'd rather just get it out the best way i can and do it you know in a sense of like non-judgment but it's like mm-hmm. i'm just seeing this and feeling this and i just feel it in my body and that's what I know, and I just want to put it out in the air so we can all kind of juggle it around, and then it'll wow. sift down. But if I don't, it just like eats at me, and I think it's yeah. really like from my dad. And I know that the most common thing is that um, people don't want to say anything. Ra- they don't want right. confrontation, and I don't want it either. I just, <laughs> I just have this compulsion. I think it's from my dad, and that's what he's like. He's like French-Canadian, and he'll just say the thing instantly, yeah. but he has then no I- compassion.
1: Totally. I think, I think that most people that I work with, um, try their best to preserve relationships. And so if someone's doing something that's really pissing them off, you know, they might say it the first time, but if they don't get the result they want, they tend to go underground and right. And like you were saying, that kind of builds up over time. And the issue there is one, nothing's changing, right? They're not getting the result that they want. But the second thing is while they think that they're preserving the relationship, what's really happening
0: is resentment
1: is building, right? And disconnection and and loss of trust is actually increasing. So over time, the action that they took by not having the conversation with the intention of preserving the relationship sabotages the relationship and makes it much worse. And it makes it much harder to climb out of that hole later on if you haven't shared it early. So totally agree with you. Uh, I also want to mention one other thing, which is, you know, you talked about kind of the blind spots in the shadow. And, you know, one of the great things I love about leadership is when you put yourself into a leadership position, you have access to a lot of feedback if you're willing to hear it. And, you know, it's very difficult to know our own shadows. Like, there's really only a couple places where we could identify our own shadow. One is we look backwards and we see a history of, of negative stuff, you know, kind of dead bodies in our wake you know, lost relationships, lost trust and kinda of, we gotta look at what are we doing to contribute to that? So that's one way, right, is look historically. But the other way to identify your shadow is to get feedback and you start to see themes. You know, people saying, Wow, you're arrogant. You're like, I'm not freaking arrogant. What are you talking about? But you hear that enough times and you're like, Okay, what's going on? Why do people think I'm arrogant? Right? I'm just trying to prove my point. I'm I just I'm really confident, but I'm not arrogant. But then you start looking into it and you realize, wow, maybe I'm not listening as as good as I I could. Maybe I'm pushing too hard. Maybe I'm I'm actually sharing my opinions as if they were facts to prove my point and shutting my people down. And you start to see, wow, I can now see why I'm showing up as arrogant or whatever it might be. And a little bit of a little change in behavior, right? Where I'm just as confident in my opinions, but I change a little something. I own my opinion as an opinion, or I really start to share my opinion and then listen deeply and and dig for what I'm missing or what I'm not seeing. Um, Changes can change the mood of a conversation to change that assessment.
0: Yeah, yeah, brother. I totally agree. I think that's a really important point to make because – Sometimes from my perspective and looking at um, the articles that come out in in you know consciousness or personal development um, on the shadow work, they always talk about the importance of the shadow work, and I think it's important. Sometimes I feel like it's really embellished, but sometimes I think it's very simple. And this is one of those times where it's, I'm getting clarity for myself. Where, mm-hmm. let's say somebody gives you feedback, which is your arrogant. The shadow work would be, they say, dive right in. So I say, Jason, we just got off the podcast. We, you know, we hung out in Denver and we went whitewater rafting. And then you're just like, Matt, did you know that you're an arrogant asshole? And I'd be like, I am. What? And then you just go right into it to the feedback. And I say, Jason, why? What did I do? Why do you think yeah. that? Where is it? And that for me, it sucks. like, I always feel so bad, you know, and that's part of that feeling we don't want. Right. It's like, Oh, like I feel dirty when somebody Mm -hmm. gives me feedback like that, but I want to know. So I don't do it again. And it could be just how you communicate with a friend, you know, I have a really good friend, um, that I made on the podcast, Daniel. And, um, you know, he said something to me once, um, and he's like, Oh, you're always razzing me. But his his background, he didn't have like, let's say, bros, hockey guys. He wasn't used to it. So I'm always like, you know, just razzing him a little uh, bit. And he didn't he wasn't familiar. And so I was like, dude, you know, he's like, you're razzing me all the time. And you could see it bothered him a little bit. And I was like, thanks for sharing that. Um, I don't need to do that. If that's how you want me to communicate with you, thank you for sharing. But I felt really bad because I don't want my friend, I don't want my communication with my friend to be hurtful. You know, and so I did feel like an ass. I did not feel good, but I went right into it instead, and I just Mm -hmm. got my medicine, and then I was able to adapt and be aware. You know, in our future communication, and for me, I think that is a very powerful and humbling process if you can actually take those steps. But it can be that simple.
1: Totally, Um, and you know, appreciation is one of those things. You know, like some feedback I got a long time ago is some of my best people felt unappreciated. And what I realized is, like, wow, okay, I think you guys are great. I don't appreciate you all the time, like, with specifics, because I assume you know that you, in my book, you rock the world. And, you know, I've learned to up the ante on appreciation, especially for the people that are really rocking it. And that, you know, I would do that a lot for the people that were lower performers because I wanted to be able, be able to give them negative feedback too. So I wanted to make sure they felt appreciated. But for my rock stars, I wasn't doing that. And so, you know, it's amazing. Like I'll just do that now. Someone who I think is a rock star, and like, you know, what good is my appreciation to them? They know they're rocking it. But I'll offer them something, and consistently they'll say, "Wow, that was incredibly valuable." And I just, you know, it changes the mood of the conversation to, to in such good ways. And so now it's like, now that I've kind of identified that as my own little shadow, I use it, and I appreciate people all the time, and I, I love creating that mood where it's like, I'm appreciating you, Matthew, like right, for giving this podcast to so many of your followers, you know, and it's like, and what it does for them and the broad audience that you hold. Right. And that you're able to capture the broad audience of, you know, people that are interested in all sorts of things, but at the core, there's something that you're offering them that, that they're saying yes to. And so it's like mm-hmm. that, those appreciations like have people self reflect and it just changes the mood.
0: Hmm. Well, what that made me think about was um, I've been looking a lot into cryptocurrency, um, coding as a language. Uh, I suck at coding, but I need to do it mm. and um, just different things. So little tiny squares, okay, in consciousness. And so you get the feedback, which is the shadow part. It's a hidden square of reality and awareness. You are just unaware. That's why the shadow is. It's you're not aware it's dark. Then they bring it to light, which is like this thing that doesn't feel good because it's your limitation and and, uh, ignorance. You just don't know. And then you look at it and then you basically uncover that square and you open it up now you've seen it and now because of that feedback looking at the shadow you can now upgrade your own consciousness and awareness and apply it to become a whole a more whole human being and that's why the process is scary because it's like you know it never ends you know and that's what like something like burning man experience or for me um psychedelics can be that thing where it's like oh my god like how much do I not know? Like, oh, like, geez, this is, and that's where it can be scary. So, um, totally. you can you you can reflect on that, and if you want, and then I'd love for you to dive in a little bit about yeah. these principles or or a few of them.
1: You know, well, we're on talking talking about feedback, so that it, it's actually a natural blend to the first one, which is inspiring with a clear vision and roadmap. You know, and if we're trying to inspire people, we actually need to hear from them what's inspiring to them and what's not. Um, You know, so many times leaders are, they see the big picture and they, they're personally inspired and they assume that other people are going to be inspired by the same things that they're inspired by. Um, But we got to find out, you know, what inspires different departments, different groups and hone our our message for that audience, for that specific audience. And just that inspiration will get, get better and better and better. But a lot of people, they might be inspired with the high level, but if there's not a roadmap, if there's not a how-to, how are we going to make that happen? And it doesn't feel realistic, then hey, they're not all that optimistic and they're not that inspired. So the first one is simply inspires with a clear vision and roadmap, right? Are we embodying and sharing a compelling vision of the future and communicating that so that people see how they fit in and that there's a clear roadmap to get from where we are to where we need to be to make a difference, to do the thing that we want to do, um, you know, part of that is also constant renegotiation, right? Because priorities are changing, and so if we set up this vision, we're going to end this roadmap. Like we got to be flexible there, right? And we got to be able to move, especially for startups. We're going this direction. Wow, we just got to, we lost our big clients here. We got new clients over here. We need to be able to adjust and realize that the product is going to ha- is going to be reshaping itself constantly, especially in a startup. Um, so that's the first thing, right? We're asking people to work hard. We want them to work in an inspiring way. And so they need to be inspired with the vision and connected with the vision um, in a way that they understand how their piece really fits in to what the company piece is. I mean, it might be even, you know, the front desk person. Like, what's, how does their piece fit in? I was recently told a, about a story about McDonald's where, you know, they have a culture where they don't really smile. That's a way of service and just you know the the folks at the registers were told they had to smile i actually don't know if this is true or not but you know you look at what that one person at the cash register is doing to support the culture that mcdonald's wanted to create um and it's like connecting the dots for people is really what inspiring with the clear vision is is about
0: i love that um you know I remember the book now it's uh, by Robin Sharma and it kind of goes back to the um, creating inspiration. And what comes up for me is that, you know, if somebody gave me an option right now that was like so good and we're going to make such a massive impact on the planet, I would be the secretary. I wouldn't need to be anything special. Like I'll go there and do any job that is – you know if you can see the vision of the highest yeah. service and i think that what you're talking about is is you can be the secretary but you know where this thing is going and you're a part of this bigger mission. It's not just, mm-hmm. hey, this is your task and this is it. It's like, no, you're the secretary for this company that is going to feed 1,000 people or you know, we're going to clean up the oceans or we have technology that's yeah. going to help all this amount of people. And you're like, heck, yeah, I am. And yeah. you're a part of that culture, and that's going to really inspire them to, on their own, want to you know put in more effort.
1: Totally. Look at the Burning Man organization. It is more or less volunteer-created. Yes, they have a central HQ and yes, there are some paid staff, but you got basically 50,000 volunteers that are creating the city and they're all inspired by that. They put so much energy into that because of that inspiration and the contribution that it makes. Um, Some people, you know, their whole year revolves around the gifts that they're going to give at the event, whether it's building a structure, producing sound and producing experience, producing some art, whatever it might be, or just volunteering in the cafe but that they're inspired to do that because they're part of this larger vision.
0: Yep. Yep. hundred percent.
1: So the next okay, two then. leadership practices are kind of go hand in hand. Um, one is, second is listens with openness and curiosity. And the third is speaks with transparency and authenticity, right? Listening and speaking, right? The essence of dialogue. Um, and, you know, I think that most people tend to lean one way or the other, right? They tend to, like be more you know, focused on getting their point heard and getting people to buy in on something, or they tend to be really good listeners but maybe aren't so good about sharing their opinion, especially when it's not popular or it's going to create conflict. Um, so there's both here. Um, and it's rare that I see a person who has to work on both. They usually you have to work on one or the other. Listening, right, is a skill that frankly is, requires mastery and every listener can get better no matter where you are. But it's essentially bringing curiosity. Someone attacks you, give you really negative feedback that you don't like or you totally disagree with, or they don't have the, even the context to give you that feedback. Like, we want to defend ourselves. But in that case, it's like, no, listen. Like, be open to critical feedback and dig. What, why did that impact them that way? What are they seeing that I might not see? And it's really listening to ideas fairly regardless of who's presenting them, empathizing with with people, even if you disagree, but making sure that people feel heard. Um, And even then, if you make a choice down the road that's contrary to an opinion or something else, at least they know that they got heard. And so that they're going to support you, would be more likely to support a decision or, or something that's kind of against their interests. And then on the other hand, speaking with transparency, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, Uh, it's scary, right, to have the uncomfortable conversations of giving negative feedback or addressing challenging issues or expressing where you stand on something when it's not very popular. Um, But the goal here is to share your opinion, right, even if it's going to be difficult. Share it well and respectfully, um, but to do so in a way, because if not, you're withholding information from your team, right? And, If the team makes a decision that doesn't include that information, like that might be the wrong decision. But more importantly, you're also missing an opportunity to get aligned. Like if you're thinking one thing and the team's thinking the other, like, let's talk about it. How did you get those, into those differences? I remember I was watching an argument at at NASA about how to inject fuel beneath the booster rocket, and I was watching two really smart people, obviously, right? Argue about very, very different approaches. And it was really funny because neither party was listening to each other, you know, and every time that one person would speak, the other person would like share their viewpoint that was different. And so the first one would just reinforce their idea even more about why the other guy was wrong. And they just weren't getting anywhere. In fact, it was funny because they weren't even listening to each other, right? They were just trying to prove their point and all their words were wasted because no one was listening. And um, so I interjected and I said, hey, how about if we just take turns? how would if we really spent some time listening to John understand why he wants to do this vertical spread? And then we'll listen to Steve and understand why the horizontal spread feels better for, from a combustion perspective, from his perspective. And it, it actually took a long time. Like I didn't think it was going to be that long, but it was like a half hour each where they shared, you know, all sorts of mumbo jumbo that I didn't understand about, you know, the spread of the fuel the make the air, Fuel ratio, the combustibility, the the the, the speed, uh, um, there's all sorts of things where they, where they were talking about you know above my head, and at the end of the day, they both understood each other, and I think they both learned learned something new about you know about how the other person was thinking, and it got them on the same page to figure out the best solution, rather than kind of talking at each other, they were kind of talking with each other in a new way. Um, and, you know, it's like we, we all have different opinions. We all have different perspectives. We all have different data. But until we get to the place where we could hear what the other person is, is saying and they could hear what we're saying, we really can't have a productive dialogue. There's no way we could get to the best decision or find a good way forward until we get to that basic baseline. Uh, you know, I parachute into a lot of organizations where there's conflict. And about, I would say, 85% of the time, All I do is play traffic cop to get people to listen to each other, right? To get a common baseline of what's the data, what do we know, what do we think, and and what is our our expectation of what's going to produce the best results. If we could just get to that level first, and then get into decision making later, it's going to produce better results every time.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, 100%. It comes back to that listening thing, and I'd like to offer as well that this applies to families. If you have a family and this applies to everybody in daily life, if you want a really strong family structure, uh, a really strong community structure, um, it might be a little bit challenging to share the principles, but if you embody them, and one of the things I just wanted to touch on was the sharingness with openness and transparency. Um, And again, just because it, it reflects my life, it's because it's something that I do. And sometimes I'm like, Should I share? You know, Mm. am I in a hole? You know, (laughs) Um, and I think that it's important because what what one level exists where people are sharing, and it's this energy, right? They're sharing out of passion, and it's this anger or frustration. Or when your body's feeling that energy, you're probably not going to share in a way that is fully congruent or you're heard. It's going to be very emotional. So if you can first kind of learn. To just take the feedback or the challenge of whatever it is in business, life, family, son, daughter, community, go backwards and just really see it from their perspective, totally. and just just really get into that and be like, okay, cool, and then get to a space where you can offer the feedback in non-judgment, but you're clear where you stand, you know? Yeah. And then and then you offer that, and then then you see their reaction. And then you get a very clear view on where they stand. And yeah. now you have all of the pieces to make a, a – to repeat the process. And then sometimes where a lot of the times if you're bringing in a higher level of awareness and you keep going back or, or you're n- not even higher, just different view, you can see um, – You know, the challenge being some people don't want to hear it or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then, so what would you recommend for that? Because I can see some people in business organizations or families where they're going through the process, and you know, their son, mom, crazy neighbor, crazy employee is just like losing their stuff, and they're just they're not embodying any of this. Do you have any strategy for any of that, or any feedback for that one?
1: Well, you just said a lot that I want to respond to. Um, oh, good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, first of all, I'm going to say with children, you know, you know, these, those are our, our future leaders. And the more we can encourage them to have confidence, autonomy, um, to view their, their opinions, um, the better. You know, I just saw a situation a couple of weeks ago where um, a little three-year-old said, dad, dad, there's a spirit being over there. And the dad said, there's no spirits, honey, what are you talking about? And it kind of broke my heart because I watched, you know, her creative mind, whatever she was seeing or experience get shut down. And, you know, it's like regardless of her own beliefs, it's like, huh, well, I don't personally believe in spirits, honey, but what are you seeing? Right. So that we could each have our experiences and we're not imposing our experiences on on each other. Now there are ethics and values that we do want to insist upon. Right. And that's where it's really important to um, speak that way. but Even when we share our opinions, you know, if we could own them, right? We don't dump things on them. Like if I say, Matthew, you know, you're an arrogant, eh, you know, MF, what is something or another, right? Um, You know, it's like I'm telling you what you are, and that's actually – well, I don't know if you're arrogant. What I could tell you is my experience. What you just said there, like when I heard that – I'm making this up. Like I noticed that my body contracted – and I kind of have a story that you're really arrogant, and that you're, you don't care what I ha- what I have to say, right? Now that's that's where I own it, and it's very difficult to do that in a highly emotional state. Um, so sometimes, you know, the the notion of sleep on it for a night is great, but let's not sleep on it for a year and not say anything, unless we're agreeing to step away from that relationship. But if we're going to be in relationship with a family member, someone at work, a friend, a community member, you know, we need to step in and have those conversations effectively, which we'll have to do another program on that if we want to really talk about effective conversations. Um, but to answer your question, what do we do when someone else is um, not emotionally solid, they're not centered and they're saying things that might be insulting or, or otherwise uh, tough to deal with? What I've seen is it really takes two people to start a fight, right? And one person can do an amazing job of navigating someone who might not be the most skilled uh, communicator. Um, and so one is like, give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, think about what do you, you wanna create with this person? Slow things down. Maybe take a break, but slow things down. Now, I will say, if there's any threat of violence, if there's any physical threat, right, great, step back. Let's not have the conversation now, take care of whatever you need to, do to be to feel safe. But with that aside, right? if we're having the conversation, um, give the person a benefit of doubt. Like I always say that the more emotional person should probably share first because they can't really listen anyway when they're that emotional. So they're gonna say a lot of stuff. Um, and what I found is if you paraphrase what they're saying, they, they'll have said a lot of stuff that they don't mean. I remember there was one time where I was uh, leading a meeting and I shared um, some bad news about uh, a program budget. And the leader, who most people were really scared of, basically said, Jason, you don't know anything about this. In fact, you've been here six months. I don't think you've contributed one iota to this project. And this kept on going off. And um, people, like, when he stopped, the, the room was silent. Like, people didn't know how to react. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back to that Jedi mind trick, paraphrase. Okay, so what you're saying is that I don't know shit about this project. I haven't contributed one iota, and I, you know, paraphrased back some of the language that he used. That was pretty harsh, and you know, I saw him steaming there, and the first thing out of his mouth was, "I'm sorry. I'm just really pissed off right now because this is not the result that I wanted, and having to go back to get for ask for more budget on this is going to be really difficult for me." Uh, and then he shared a little bit more deeply, and I was like, okay, that worked. Right. And we got out of that meeting, and people were like, dude, you rocked it. <laughs> like, it's like, I couldn't believe you just didn't break down right then and there. Like, he tore you a new one. And I'm like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Just like, you know, sit in the fire and see what's going to happen here. And yeah, I mean, what's the worst case scenario is I get fired. But at least I've spoken my truth and did the best I could. Um, So let the more emotional person speak first, right, and and have a dialogue. Like have it be all about them until they calm down, right, until they feel heard and, you know, you don't have to agree with them to listen to them, right? Hey, I don't agree with what you're saying, but let me first understand if I see what you're saying. You're saying that when I did this thing, you lost trust. It pissed you off. You don't feel like you could ever trust me as a friend again. And, you, you know, but we're having this conversation, so I assume there's something you want here. I personally would love to clean this up and, and navigate how to, how to maintain our friendship. In fact, how to strengthen our friendship through this, right? And, and reframe the conversation into the vision that we want together, right? And then go back into the conversation and, and, and share it. And then, you know, at some point when they're running out of ammo, when they've said their, their truth, great. Then it's time to bring in your data. Like, hey, let me tell you what I saw, you know, when you told me that you weren't going to go to the show, I assumed that I could sell your ticket and I didn't even think to ask, you know, you told me you weren't going and, you know, that, you know, that I could do whatever I wanted with the tickets. I I actually took you at face value there. Um, What I didn't know is that you'd be really pissed off if if I brought this person. And that's, that's the last thing I wanted to do, you know, just to really express in an authentic way what you saw, what your experience was. And if they don't listen to you, maybe they have some more bullets, and great, you put that on onto the side and you, you hear them out and then kind of go back to your view, right? But there's a dialogue and there has to be listening. Otherwise, if you're, they're not listening to you, stop talking, right? And see what they need to say before they can listen to you. Um, and ideally, you know, you could be in a dialogue. There are certain circumstances where the other person doesn't want to be in a dialogue at all, and those are a lot harder, right, to, to try to preserve that relationship or rebuild it. Um, but if you are in dialogue, it's because both of you care about something. So go back to that common ground and start building from there.
0: Amazing, amazing, man. You know, you're touching on the same thing um, again and again, but every time you do it with a new example, my understanding of it grows. So. You know, when, when you have this blowout or this person and you're communicating with them and uh, you allow them to speak and paraphrase, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is whenever someone is giving you a bunch of crap, it's probably their crap. They're probably not mad at you. And if they're mad at you and it is your fault, they still don't need to like yell at you or blow off steam. or You know what I mean? Like that's not yeah. okay. I've seen people in the car mi- business lose their mind over absolutely nothing, and I've seen a different human being stay chill as a cucumber when somebody messed up so badly, you know? And so it's a choice. So people, if they're shooting shrapnel at you, it is always their crap, no matter what. Now could you be the catalyst for that crap? Absolutely. You could have totally been the the ammo for that. Um, But then when I think about it energetically, and this is where I'm going. Can, Somebody I, can I say does something some...
1: before you do Matthew? Is, yeah, uh, go for it. W- one, of my, one of my Buddhist teachers, um, two in particular, Junpo and Doshin, um, they have a koan. And the koan is – I'll ask you this question, Matthew. Can someone make you angry?
0: I'm going to say no, <laughs> but I know that it's possible. <laughs>
1: Uh, You know, Actually, I don't know the answer to the koan, which I'm embarrassed to say. But I think for me, the answer would be only myself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, only I could actually make myself angry. You know, it's a choice.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I
1: love that because it's like, yeah, there could be a negative impact. And we could really be angry about that negative impact. um, But it's really a sign of our passion. What are we committed to? And to double down on the commitment and passion side and – see
0: how to navigate this. All right. Part one, Jason Gore in the books. Part two will be coming up shortly here, probably tomorrow, because uh, I have enough episodes to release five a week for the next four months without doing another one. Um, sorting things out. Uh, I'm going to do a little new intro. I got a buddy working on lots of upgrades, you know, lots of upgrades in 2018 and um, still could use... A little bit of help. Uh, I have a few people that reached out. I know that the holiday season's here and just creating systems because this podcast is not the only thing. Zen Athlete is not the only thing. Um, The projects that I am involved with and that come into my field through my intentions are are incredible. And most of us are all in um, and and we need support. So if you're down with cool projects and you want to support like a little bit of your time, uh, I would be super grateful web and it is always needed and graphics are always needed so web it um is is like the biggest need if anybody feels uh, aligned to want to support with that and i'm and i'm building these systems and uh and yeah i don't know what the heck i'm doing that's the thing i'm just doing my best and uh, creating content and so i'm doing what i'm good at and uh trying to outsource uh, some of the rest because uh, it takes an immense amount of time especially when i'm doing crap i'm not good at and I want to produce more. There's so much stuff that I want to produce. It is ridiculous. I want to do this video course in you know personal development, spirituality, but it's going to be baller. More meditations, more uh, YouTube videos, more everything. I got so many ideas. I just need the time to do it. And just doing the podcast, uh, it, uh, it takes a lot of time. So that's that's the story. And uh, I'll just do as much as I can. I you know I have to take my own advice sometimes because I see all the things that I can create and do, and and I really sometimes struggle with. The feeling of not doing enough so as much as i'm doing trust me i have like a thousand other things that i, I want to be doing and i'm really excited about the fact of just being able to produce content and and give all the logistics away so i can literally just produce content like a mother mofo lots of content lots of great stuff um so that's it so if you want to support the show please leave a review please share share multiple episodes share every episode uh, start getting the word out there. Uh, follow me on social media. If you don't know, I'm out there. YouTube, Facebook, you know, you can find me. And visit slash store for some free stuff. Really cool stuff over there. Uh, big discounts too as well for everything that I'm associated with. You get discounts and free stuff. So sync tuition, uh, especially three free tracks. Check them out. Bit.ly forward slash gamma waves. And they're over at the store. And I'm going to be adding some cool stuff. So I'm vetting it all out right now as we speak. Because I get a lot of stuff that comes into my field, a lot of meetings all the time. So uh, let's just keep this succinct because I could probably ramble forever. I don't know what's going on these days. They're getting longer. Um, But before we go, I just want to do this guided meditation. It's just an intention setting. That's all it is. We're just setting our intentions because we control our emotional state. Um, We can observe those feelings, right? If somebody as is mean to you and you feel angry that's okay you can feel angry feel it don't don't try to stuff it away don't say ah i'm spiritual i'm not supposed to feel angry feel angry feel it all and alchemize it uh the thing is not to react and you know like give the you know let that energy tell you what to do i'm angry so now i smash a window or punch this guy in the face it's all right i gotta alchemize this anger interesting cool you know someone makes you feel worthless oh man that sucks i gotta alchemize this person making me feel worthless because i am making me feel worthless not them you're allowing it so uh so yeah so we master this and this is uh this is part one of the training so let's just do that now and set the intention to come into peace and coherence so all we need to do is just stop whatever we're doing set the intention to come into a peaceful coherent powerful state now taking a deep breath in through your nose And as you breathe in through your nose, just focus on your heart and just put all of your attention on your heart as you breathe in deeply. Focusing your attention on your heart because wherever you place your attention, you place your energy. So now taking in another deep breath in through your nose, slowly and deeply focusing on your heart. Just imagine divine source light. Gold and platinum, crystalline light coming down from the universe, from every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. And energy from the earth coming up through your feet, and Mother Earth is supporting you, divinely connected with the entire universe, rounded as a human being, and aware that you are a spiritual, multi dimensional, divine being. Just fill yourself up with love and appreciation. Just imagine this energy it's growing knowing that you are a part of all of it you are a part of every single thing you are eternal you are worthy you are whole you are balanced you are perfect and just allow yourself to feel that allow yourself to give love to yourself to feel love for yourself to feel appreciation for yourself to feel unshakable self-worth I am worthy I am loving and I am loved. I love myself. And, and just allow yourself to receive your own energy and good intentions, knowing you're good enough as you are. And as you feel this love and just connect with your heart, that connects you to multi-dimensions. It connects you to your eternal spirit. It remembers who you are and where you came from and where you're going. Connected to divine source and all that is. Just feeling your heart beat. It's just beating and keeping you alive without you even doing anything. Life is beating your heart. Divine cosmos, whatever you want to call it, is beating your heart and keeping you alive. And and you get the gift of a human experience. You get the gift of existence. And now, as you focus on your heart, I just want you to imagine just Just daydream what your life would be like if you could do anything. Just be anything, do anything, and you're living free. You have all the money, everything you could ever imagine. Just see yourself doing whatever you would do, exploring the planet, playing, enjoying life, growing, learning all the things that you want to do. Just see yourself doing all these things and know in your heart that you can do those things. You know it. It's in there just need to start putting the intention and moving towards it and now as you continue to imagine this just connect with the feeling of how that would feel to just live an unlimited expanse of life anything that your heart desires and they say that whatever we can imagine we can create that that is our right to create any reality that we want It is your right to create any reality that you want. There's nothing holding you back other than yourself. So just allow it in. And I'm sending you all of my energy and support and permission slip that you are worthy of living the most expansive, abundant, pure loving life that you could ever imagine. Sending you that energy, sending you that love. So now as you connect with that energy, I want you to send it out to everyone in the entire world send it to your friends and family and coworkers and everyone you met and send them that same energy and permission slip allowing them to be their infinite selves and encourage them to be that and to allow it in to know that they're worthy of accepting any reality they want and creating any reality they just have to let it in asking it is given and stay in that frequency and allow it to come in so there you go Just enjoy that feeling for as long as you'd like. And I'll see you in part two with Jason Gore.